The Bible Podcast is here to help get us in the Word together in those small pockets of time that we can find doing chores or tasks, traveling or commuting, and it doesn't have to be hard or complicated. So come on in, have a seat, and let's read the Bible together. This is your host, Virginia Price. Welcome to the Bible Podcast. Hey, 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 it's a new day at the Bible Podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. It is Freedom Week. We are kicking off day two in 2 Corinthians 3, and I am excited to read this one with you, as I am every day. If you are catching us for the first time, this is a series called Freedom, and each day this week we will be reading a different chapter of the Bible with freedom in the theme of that chapter. So if you want to go back and listen to what we talked about on Monday, go ahead and do so, and uh, then come right back here. We'll be here waiting for you. The episodes are nice and short, which I can appreciate, and I'm sure you can too. We don't always have a lot of time in our day to spend uh, reading the Word. And of course, I think everyone would like to have more time to meditate and do that kind of thing in Scripture. But we also have lots of things that we're responsible for. I know I do, and uh, I enjoy having these little moments with you guys. So let's jump into it. Second Corinthians chapter 3. We are reading from the NLT, and I'm going to dive in here at verse 1. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter, quote unquote, is written not with pen and ink, but in the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think that we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He enables us to be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not written of laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. The glory of the new covenant. Verse 7. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which remains forever? Since the new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken. Away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Well, hallelujah, praise Jesus. I love it. That's fantastic. Y'all are going to hear me say so a lot. Help me come up with a better word. 
let's let's brainstorm that one. Head over to Instagram at underscore the Bible podcast. Drop a comment on my latest post and say, here's what you say instead of so, okay? Let's try that one. Okay. We, one thing I really like about this verse, I mean, sorry, this, this one thing I really like about this chapter is that... It, it talks, it's it, it, interesting structure. Of course, it's in the middle of a letter, right? This is this is 2 Corinthians 3. There's two other chapters that have started this letter beforehand. But what is interesting is the structure of how it's set up. And then he's like talking about the, you know, what are we doing here? Are we are we really back doing this act? Are we praising ourselves? Like, you know, we're only confident because of our trust in Christ. Like, don't get it twisted. And then talking about the glory of the new covenant. And and then this whole section about Moses and his glory and, and the veil that covered the Old Testament. And what I love is the power, the power of verse 17, that after this whole chapter, reading through all these things, it hits you with, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, I think about these verses, it's about like verses like 12 through 15, where it talks about Moses and the veil, and um, that people's minds were hardened. And even to this day, when people are reading the Old Covenant, they have that veil that still covers their minds, so they can't understand the truth. And that that veil can only be removed by believing in Christ, and someone turning to the Lord. The interesting thing about this is uh, Rachel and I have had a lot of conversations um, lately, and at the time of this recording, we have been talking a lot about ways that people can fall into uh, deception. And one of those things is if you fall into the four ditches, if you will, of of uh, the extremes of Christianity. And one of those we talked about um, in detail at Life for Your Soul was that there are those that are falling away and they are quote unquote like deconstructing their faith or being deconstructed. It's a huge hashtag um, online. And she had shared a post with me and the comments of like, how has your prayer life changed since being deconstructed? Or what does sin mean to you now that you've been deconstructed? And oh my goodness, reading through these comments is been really hard because based on these people's comments, they're all saying a variety of things to sin doesn't exist, um, or sin's just like a made up word to make people feel bad about themselves, or like there's so many different spins that people are taking on it. But it all boils down to um, what Rachel was saying was that it really just seems like these people never truly had a full understanding of who God is in the first place. They never had a real relationship, a real heart connection to God in the first place. And there are people that say like, you can understand God in your head, but you don't really love him and know him until you get him in your heart, right? It's more than just a mental knowledge, student, academic type point of view. You have to get him deep in your heart and let him transform and work in your heart and your life. And that's where that, that relationship with him comes from and blossoms and blooms and he can prune you. So, I say this because, you know, it says here like that even people reading the Old Testament now, even people reading the laws of Moses now have this veil over their minds and they can't understand. And I'm sure you've heard people talk about like, oh, well, the God of the Old Testament or God's just mean and angry and, and, and God is this and God is that. And they're all negative things. But it doesn't talk about any of the any of the positive things. And all that negativity is talking from God as a judge. This is really what it is. It's God serving as his purpose as a judge, right? But they don't talk about all about God as a father, God as a loving, caring, overwhelming father. And I think a lot of it has to do with this veil 
Because just as Paul says, just as the verses say here, even today, it says, even today, their hearts are covered with that veil and they don't understand. They have to turn to the Lord and they have to believe in Christ. Those are the things that remove the veil. And I don't think that's just a head knowledge. That's in your heart. That's what I love and take away from this is it's good sometimes when you have somebody kind of like slap you back to reality and say, hey, you you fix your fix yourself up here. You're, you're leaning over a little bit. Get, you know, stand up straight, fix your tie. Let, let's move forward. And that's that's my personal little tidbit here from Second Corinthians 3. I'd love to know what you guys think. And how are you feeling about Freedom Week? I hope you guys have a great time um, with the rest of your day. Get the things done you need to get done. Don't forget to rest. It's important. And go out there and love people. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back tomorrow for day three of Freedom. Much love from the Bible Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you in our audience, and I hope you come over to our Instagram and join our community there at underscore the Bible podcast. Our podcast is a ministry production of The Sevenfold. If you'd like to know more about us and what we do, please visit our site at thesevenfold.com. Thanks again for joining me today, and until next time, much love from The Bible Podcast.